In the Gulag Archipelago, Alexander Solzhenitsyn's 1973 account of the Soviet system of forced labor camps, the author remarks, if only there were evil people somewhere insidiously committing evil deeds, and it were necessary only to separate them from the rest of us and destroy them. But the line dividing good and evil cuts through the heart of every human being. We can't just separate the good from the bad. And it's a fact of which we need often to be reminded. There are not good people and bad people as discrete categories. Instead, as the Apostle Paul observes in Romans chapter 7, both good and evil are part of a conflict raging within each of us. Now that doesn't mean that all people are equally trustworthy or that we shouldn't differentiate between moral failings simply because we all have them. Instead, Paul highlights the ongoing struggle with sin of which we all need to be aware. In fact, being aware of the ongoing nature of this struggle keeps us from despair at our own inability to kick the habit of sin once and for all and finally become a completely good person. As we know from Romans 3, verse 23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Paul's words to the Corinthians in today's epistle lesson remind us that we are not alone in our struggle against sin, that our sinful nature is not something that we can overcome by our own power, and that even apostles and saints struggle with it. When we point our fingers at others for their misdeeds, Paul's words remind us that we are not guiltless ourselves, that we too yield to temptation. Acutely aware of his failure, his own failure, to live up to God's expectations, Paul cries out in Romans 7.24, Wretched man that I am! He realizes that after repeated failures, he cannot save himself from his sinful nature. He needs help, as we all do, and he admits it, asking, Who will rescue me from this body of death? That's not a cop-out. It's sanity. As the economist Russell Roberts is fond of saying, self-sufficiency is the road to poverty. In other words, if you think you can do everything yourself, you're just crazy and very likely poor to boot. No man is an island, said John Donne. We need each other, and most of all, we need God to save us from sin and its wages, namely death. Now, Romans 7 is no excuse to give up on our struggle with sin. It's a reassurance that even Christians continue to struggle with sin and that we should not give up because in Jesus Christ we have a Savior who has overcome sin and death and they are defeated. 
in our struggles with temptation, we can ask God to fight for us because it's not a fight that we can win ourselves. We can ask God to displace temptation with His Holy Spirit, leaving sin no room to operate and malign us. And we can say with Paul, Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. In Him we have victory. Don't be fooled into thinking that the devil is going to stop working on us once we've been baptized. Don't be lulled into complacency born of thinking that since we can't save ourselves, there's just no point in resisting sin. Don't imagine that because you read the right books or went to the right school or listened to the right people that you are immune to sin. How many times have we said or thought, I'm not selfish or I'm not prejudiced or I'm not a liar. Saying that is just as silly as saying, I am a good person. Selfishness, prejudice, and lying to take but three examples of sin are not things that you get over and done with. Our struggle against them is ongoing, and anyone who thinks it is not is fooling himself and vulnerable to the very sins of which he considers himself innocent. Now this is not to say that since we are sinners we have no value or ought not to be taking up space on the planet, that, if it, that God made it for better people than we are. If that were so, God would not have come to save us from sin, to redeem us from the grave. On the contrary, God loves us and has redeemed us, so that as we heard recently from Romans chapter 6, we might walk in newness of life as free people. We just need to be aware that with sin at our heels, it's going to be a bumpy road and a struggle and frustrating and discouraging at times, though victory is ours in Jesus Christ. If that's been your experience of life as a Christian, says Paul to the Romans, that is normal. Know that. That's par for the course. You are not worthless and you are not beyond redemption. God is not picking you out in particular for punishment. On the contrary, God loves you despite your failings and you can rest in his love. Jesus has words of comfort for us in today's gospel lesson from Matthew 11. In verses 28 through 30 he says, Come to me. All you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now, if you're like me, wondering... How can I square that with Paul's frustration over his own sin and his lack of self-control in Romans 7? His yoke didn't seem easy. Take heart. Jesus is well aware that life is not a rose garden. 
He knows how exhausting and frustrating it can be to live in tension, to be the host of a war within ourselves, to try and fail and try and fail and always to seem to fall short of what we had hoped for. He knows the feeling of despairing of ourselves and saying with Paul, wretched man that I am, who will rescue me from this body of death? Jesus doesn't say, well, my yoke is easy. Why isn't yours? He isn't taunting us, but offering himself to us. His righteousness for our sin and guilt. His victory for our failure. His peace for our frustration. His hope for our despair. His incarnation and joining us in this human life. For our desire to give up on our sin-split selves and our fallen world. He says to us, I'm the Savior, you are not. Having justified your existence despite your sin, what I'm asking from you is not success, but faith and faithfulness. Even of the shambolic, intermittent, correspondence school lesson number three variety for which you are well known. I've got you, says Jesus. Strange as it may seem, I am glad that you exist. In fact, I love you. When the conflict within us gets intense, we can rest in that assurance. When we get in the morning, when we get up in the morning, wondering what we're going to mess up today, whom we're going to offend, and what new forms of self-righteousness and confusion we'll see manifested at work and on the news, we can remember that we are the Lord's, that God is in charge, and that our job is to be faithful, like a yoke of oxen, not spectacular, successful saviors. It doesn't mean that we should avoid, uh, try to avoid success, but it means that what success means is taking the next step forward in faith, trusting God to guide us. His grace is sufficient for us. We can take our trials and temptations to the Lord in prayer. His yoke is not easy in the sense that we won't face any difficulty in life. But it's easy in the sense that it is not all up to us and that he himself is our relief from sin and guilt. So thanks be to God, creator, redeemer, and lover of every one of us, through Jesus Christ, our Lord.